0: The episode you're about to hear was recorded just three days before the horrific murder of George Floyd. That said, it was recorded three months after Ahmed Arbery was hunted, shot, and killed. It was recorded three days after Ahmed's murderers were finally arrested. Also, it was recorded over two months after Breonna Taylor's tragic death. Until recently, it has been all too easy, all too expected, to remain silent. I'm embarrassed that I haven't talked about this before. I'm embarrassed that I sat in comfortable silence, not just on the blog and on this show, but in my life for as long as I have. But this is not about me. This has never been about me. This is about Black America and the constant pain and suffering my fellow Americans, my fellow classmates, my friends have endured, sometimes quietly for decades. This is about their unjust sacrifice finally coming to a head. And it's about the work that white America must do to right our terrible wrongs. For me and for many of us, it will take lots of work, lots of learning, lots of listening, lots of unlearning to process how shamefully my white privilege has blinded me. Like so many white Americans and non-black people of color, I am only at the very beginning of that journey. And it's a scary one. But the fear that I am experiencing right now pales in comparison to existing as a black person in America. In fact, the fear I am experiencing cannot be compared to the black experience. The color of my skin and the privilege it has afforded me prevents me from drawing such a comparison, just as it has shielded me from this kind of suffering my entire life. Please know that I do not speak on this for the sake of performativity. Rather, I am here to hold myself accountable, to check my privilege like never before— To make sure that my friends, my family, my peer groups know that I will no longer turn a blind eye to racism, blatant or not. Because I've obviously seen both. I've seen both blatant and hushed racism within my own family and community. I see it at the dinner table. I see it in the comments section, on Facebook posts by my local news and radio stations. In different ways, I saw it on my campus. Ignorance is all around us. It always has been. But its time is running out. I say this not to overshadow all the pain and heartbreak of these times with premature or naive hope. There is most certainly work to be done. Rather, I say this because the time for ignorance has run out for me. I have been forced so far out of my comfort zone, but I'm recognizing more and more with all the reading and listening I've been doing these last few days and weeks how much my having a comfort zone in the first place says about my privilege. I feel guilty. Yes, many of us should, but that's only productive for so long. It's my hope that my generation, including me and my white peers who are beginning to come to terms with our guilt and our shame, will not lose sight of this goal anytime soon. It is my hope that my generation will not lose sight of this goal ever. It is my hope that this is the beginning of a new America, one that I am completely proud to be a part of. Her life began as a space to help me and my friends work through life's strange and uneasy times of transition. This has always been limited to small discomforts, though. One's only present because of the privilege I perhaps wasn't completely aware of before. I could struggle with what to do post-grad, yes, and I do. Lots of us do. But that is thanks to an America that has made it very easy for me to go to college, very easy to afford college, and very easy to succeed while I was there. Now, her life joins the entire country in facing a whole new kind of transition, perhaps one that should have been the focus since the very beginning. But our message remains the same. When met with a time of transition and uncertainty, there are two choices, fear or excitement. We choose excitement. We have always chosen excitement. The events that led up to this moment, this movement, not only the murder of George Floyd, but also the decades of oppression that precluded it, are by no means exciting. I do not mean to undermine the suffering that I could never possibly understand. But I do think our nation has reached its tipping point, long overdue. I do think I have a unique place within my generation, a generation that never ceases to inspire me with their social consciousness and inspiring demands for justice. That's the excitement. In a time filled with so much fear and worry, again, fear and worry that I can not possibly understand at all, let alone in full, I will be focusing on the hope of the future. I will use that hope, coupled with the guilt that I am just beginning to unpack, to fuel my part in this mission. I will read, I will watch, I will listen. I will become the best ally I can so that my kids will never have to watch the merciless and violent news cycle to which we have grown so horribly accustomed. I have begun with Ijoma Oluo's So You Want to Talk About Race, and I will continue with Robin DiAngelo's White Fragility, and Leila Saad's Me and White Supremacy. Again, I am telling you this not to perform my fledgling activism or to prove anything to anyone, but rather to hold myself accountable, to ensure for myself and for my American community that this is not just a few weeks of Instagram justice-seeking. Rather, this is the starting point for honest change. Every one of us must commit to this mission. It is so long overdue. And as a white girl of comfortable upbringing, it's literally the least I can do. The episode you're about to hear is a lighthearted conversation among friends. The passion Kevin and I, both white, are about to discuss here is limited to our artistic pursuits and personal goals. But today, there's bigger passions to be considered. Far more importantly... We must consider the passion that exists in countless American streets these days, particularly the passions of black protesters, whose desperation to be heard far exceeds anything Kevin or I could ever imagine in any context. Know that as you listen, should you listen. But more importantly, know where to find the voices that really matter right now. Because it's not me and Kevin Verga. Seek out black voices that inspire you and heed those messages. Like I said earlier, that's literally the least we can do. Now, for what can only be considered a jarring shift in tone, we will proceed with regularly scheduled content.
1: The LinkedIn ad has some level of interest, right?
0: No, like, I, I couldn't agree more.
1: And it's like, I'm not I'm not adding you just because of that, mm-hmm. but there's like a trace of it,
0: right? This is so just interesting. It. Just my flirtation skills. That should be a LinkedIn thing. Whoa, What a world. We are recording. Welcome back to the Her Life Vlogcast. Oh my God, I'm so excited to introduce the guest of the week, the guest of the next two weeks, Mr. Kevin Verga. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back. How Thank does it you. feel? I feel like you're coming home a little bit. I really do.
1: I feel the same way. We we had our episode right at the cusp of the beginning of quarantine.
0: Genuinely, <laughs> truly, it was my last day at Fordham. You sat on my couch. That was my last memory in my apartment. And honestly. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say that's exactly how I, not I didn't want to end it on like then, but I'm yeah. glad that it was you <laughs> and me, Kevin.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I wouldn't have not asked for anything else. End it in March. And then it's so funny <laughs> to like hear us talk about they're like, you know, what how do you think this is gonna go down? Do you think we'll
0: be back next week? Or and we're like yeah, literally. it's no big deal. literally, we were like, This is not a big deal. I'll see you like after spring break, it's not gonna be a thing. And here we are. What week is it? It's like week I lost I count. Think it's
1: July thirteenth. 2024. Stop so it! <laughs> that's really exciting. I think I have my uh, reunion coming up. My five-year reunion. you haven't
0: aged a bit, Kev. You, you look great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Oh, but yeah. So definitely, times have changed, but yeah. I'm glad that we haven't missed a beat here on the podcast. And you have a little podcast project yourself. Do you? Would you like to talk at all about that?
1: I would love to. Okay. Because Tell us. so last time I was on. The, po- the blogcast. I blog was with cast. Devin. I was yes. with Devin. And the story goes uh, we're talking about things we've returned to. And we, me and Devin, as usual, are geeking out over Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads film. And something along the lines of you saying is like, you know, if there was just this podcast about Talking Heads, you know, no one would listen to it or something. And then me and Devin, along the lines are just like, oh, yes, we would. We'd love that. Yeah. So we're like, oh, okay. Let's do something like that. Let's, have, let's make a podcast about the Talking Heads. But we also like to be goofballs. So how do we talk about the Talking Heads while also being goofballs? And then we made Devin and Kevin Stop Making Sense, which you have been on. That episode I has have. not been
0: released. I am but... anxiously awaiting the release of that <laughs> episode because I don't, I'm just excited to hear it. It got weird so fast because that's, that's the name of the game.
1: That's the goal, is to you know, <laughs> pick a Talking head song talk about it for a bit, and then and then get as weird as you can, I guess.
0: Yeah, it just really spirals, and I, I appreciate and love it. It's hard to keep up, but I think it's, like, testing me. I loved – it was a fun recording. Like, that one was super, super fun. Very different than this. I'm very, like, follow yes. the outline, and we'll get – We'll get through what we decided to talk about before. (laughs) And you guys are like, existentialism, let's talk about it. And I'm like, okay, what? I was like, (laughs) googling things on the side. I was like, who is this philosopher Devin just mentioned? Devin has a lot. You both just have a lot of knowledge stored up there.
1: Yeah, Devin grounds me because I come in as an idea person. I'm like, does this mm-hmm. make sense? Throw it out there, throw it out there and Devin's actually like, you know, there's there's years of study that went into this crazy thought that you just had. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, oh, thank you Devin. So that's why I think it works very well. So, I don't know when those will come out. We're we're anxiously awaiting when we have them nice and polished and they're ready. Yeah. So, hopefully I'm mid-June. That's the goal.
0: Sweet. I love it. That's when these will be coming out too, by the way. We're, we're recording a little early, but I like that because now I have like a little bit back stock of episodes that I'm just waiting to release. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I feel like we're on top of mm-hmm. it and I like that. So oh yeah, yeah. so Devin and Kevin stopped making sense. We'll maybe link that in the show notes. But for now, I'm excited to jump right on into the Her Reflections of the Week. Kevin, you are very familiar with this segment, but for any new listeners, Her Reflections of the Week are just us going through Our acronym, HER, H is for happy, something you're happy about in this moment. E is for excited, something you're excited about the future. And an R is a recent realization that you might have had. Kev, do you want to start with the happy?
1: Sure. I'm happy that I'm doing stuff. And I think that's really what we have to do as a society is just like keep ourselves occupied and even occupied with things that we normally wouldn't. So I'm like reading and running and recording stuff with Devin and yourself and I'm just doing stuff and I'm just keeping my days busy and it feels good. Um, it actually feels like a different kind of good than a quote unquote normal day would be, a normal mm-hmm. week in a normal year. And these things like feel like they're building upon each other and I'm working towards things. and I'm not just kind of like sitting in isolation not doing anything i'm like keep myself busy i'm excited for the future and that's what i'm happy about i think that's
0: a great thing to be happy about i totally feel that i think that's really the name of the game here is to for me it's been kind of a game of keeping myself distracted but i think the way you framed it is a much more productive thought process of just like we're out Mm -hmm. here doing stuff just because that stuff is limited by the global pandemic doesn't mean we can't be doing it i like that kev my thank hobby you. is very simply just catching up with you. It's been a minute since you and I talked and a lot has, you know, we keep in touch, but I don't know. We yeah. haven't like had a sit down in a minute and a lot has happened. I graduated, for example. So like things are- congratulations. Thank you. Things are happening and I'm just excited to like, I don't know, we have a good topic today, which obviously we'll get into, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm excited to be here, Kevin. I'm excited to be on Zoom with you today. You look great. Oh, you're, so
1: good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Back at you. <laughs> You Thank said you're excited. Do you want to do your excited?
0: Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm excited. And this kind of feeds off of your other, you're happy as well because I'm just excited about the blogcast in particular. I really have been using this all of quarantine to kind of give some kind of purpose to this all of a sudden having a ton of free time and time to play around with this kind of stuff. So I'm just excited about where we're going and how it's kind of progressed. And, I don't know. I'm proud of myself, I guess, for prioritizing it the way I have. Cause I don't know I was thinking about it recently, like nothing's going to happen if I miss a week of this like recording mm-hmm. or putting it out. Like no one's going to notice, no one's going to care, but I've just kind of held myself accountable and I'm glad cause it's just given me a really good structure and I'm proud of it. Like we haven't missed a week since quarantine started and it's just been a good way to kind of track. And like, like we said, to look back and hear what we were talking about like eight weeks ago, <laughs> just, track how I'm feeling has been a really cool thing this is like an audio diary kind of project that I'm just excited to be able to look back on which we've talked about a little bit you and I like hey grandkids come listen to yeah, my yeah. podcast so, <laughs> but I don't know I'm excited about the future like I'm not yeah,
1: as you should be I'm also I'm I'm proud of the, I think I like to claim myself as the biggest her life fan I think
0: I think you, I think you are but there might be others
1: I I listen. I think you're I kind up of there. I listen to every episode multiple times. Yeah, gotta be up there, except
0: for uh, Hannah
1: and Emma. Am I the first third time guest?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're a and regular. Another... The people demand it. Our big <laughs> the... listeners, like Kevin, for example. No. The Herc. <laughs> you're like, bring him
1: back. <laughs> Kevin shorts very well. He pulls very well with the, our listeners.
0: Listen, it's a um... whole new demographic when Kevin's on an episode.
1: Perk. <laughs> Perk. Um... Do, am I the first person you, we've done this on a Friday evening? We we have bevs now. We're it's a Friday. Oh, evening. Oh
0: yeah. Um, I feel I think the Zoom episode. Are you down to Zoom DTZ with Sarah Brown? Was okay. maybe a Saturday night because we did that okay. like off of a happy hour too. We were all drinking that night. Well, oh, no, not all of nice. us. I was definitely drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking, Kevin? I meant to ask you.
1: I'm drinking a Stella Artois.
0: Excuse me. That's yes. a fancy beer. I don't know if I've ever in my life had a Stella Artois.
1: Unsolicited um, advice is the Costco variety pack of Belgian beers. Very good. Oh, very good. They okay. Pack, good to know. There's a bunch of Stella in there, among other goodies. It was what in the taking?
0: market for Belgian beers, so it's good to know. <laughs> this is a Cider Boys Grand Mimosa. It is hard cider, apple, and orange in one. Wow, you can't
1: compare the two, but you could put them in a cider. That's
0: exactly what my dad <laughs> said. He's like, hey, it's like apples and oranges. I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere. I'm glad you picked up on it. But when I had my first sip, do you know where I was immediately transported to?
1: Clinton Hall. Clinton Hall? How did you know? <laughs> that's that's exactly.
0: That's like the taste. It tastes like a downtown cider with like a little bit of citrus. Ugh. Oh, wow. I'd kill
1: when the tell, right
0: now. Right? To just yeah. sit there, have some French fries with friends. Imagine, okay, I have a couple things to say about Clinton Hall while we got on the subject. One, that's never going to exist anymore, having all those games where everybody touches them as they're eating. Like, can you imagine? That is the most, like, coronavirus is living in Clinton Hall right now. I'm sorry. It's not going to fly anymore. Driving there. So I'm glad that we, you know, got our games in that mini (laughs) Django while we could because that's not happening anymore. Second... Man, if that one waiter at Clinton Hall is listening, I always thought I might fall in love with him. Do you know the one I'm talking about? There's this one, like, I find him so strikingly handsome, and I saw him at Beer Hall a couple times. He's just like, I don't know what his name is. Oh, Emma might know, <laughs> because know. the last time we were there, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just mad. Like, that's never going to happen. That's a love affair that will never happen now. Yeah. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Kevin, I have but- so many love updates. I can't wait. Like, I don't even, that should be its own segment. Maybe we'll get to it.
1: Love updates. Okay, that's fine. Let's,
0: honestly, that. let's do it. I'm going to type it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just miss Clinton Hall, though, first of all. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you're enjoying your cellar artois. I'm enjoying my cider. It's bringing up a lot. But that's just, we didn't even get through the reflections yet. What's your excited, did you say?
1: So on your earlier coronavirus episode where you had people send in snippets yes. of how they're dealing with it. Yes, coping with quarantine. <laughs> Devon's was very funny. But also true, he said you can try out a new hairstyle, so I can't go to a barber. But also, I'm the type of hippie youngin that, that likes to, you know, grow his hair out, facial hair, hair, hair. Hmm.
0: And now it. that I'm home <laughs> and
1: I can't, I, I'm excited to just see how my hair grows out because I've never had it. I don't think I've ever had this long.
0: Well, I was going to ask, it looks, it looks good. Are you gelled? Like, what did you do with your hair today, Kev?
1: I and also, gel- we're on
0: YouTube now, so you might, people might be seeing this. Uh, yeah, yeah, flip it around.
1: That's what I want to do. I want to be able to, like, hustle it, you know? And It looks it good. Face. I thought
0: you had some kind of product in there, at least. I was going to ask, really.
1: No, just Suave for Men 2-in-1 uh, shampoo too. conditioner. Yeah, that's about it.
0: I'm happy for you. Well, my hair update is that my roots are now about two inches off my scalp, and it sucks. My hair has never been this long, also, like, since, like, sixth grade, I'm really struggling.
1: I kind of like it. You kind of have like a...
0: You like the roots or the length or both?
1: Both. Thanks. All of it. I like the, the you know, color, um, I don't know. The dimension. combination you have right now. Yeah, dimension.
0: Okay. It's very interesting. I've n- I wish I've it never faded it out this. better because it's literally just a line.
1: But it works. Thanks, guys. I appreciate yeah.
0: that. I'm thinking yeah, of going yeah. pink. I might just dye it pink because why not? Like I have a yeah, box dye. I might just like,
1: do it. Like a lighter there. pink? Like a light yeah. pink?
0: cotton candy kind of pink
1: yeah and then you can play like the bass guitar in a cool band
0: well i already i already do that <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> i love it well thank you it, kev it. filled my bucket a little mm-hmm. um realizations do you have do you have a good one for the R? A uh,
1: good one I don't and know they're all my... good ones
0: there's no such thing as a bad realization to have
1: i don't know if i can measure this one in good or bad it's a little jaded do you want me to read it
0: yeah no i'm i'm even more okay. into now.
1: <laughs> all right. Um. All right, here we go. I was on a run two days ago, and I was running through my, you know, New New York suburban uh, town, Mm -hmm. and there were some nice, like, families outside on their deck. I'm like, wow, it's really nice to be home. I have, like, a nice home to go back to. Yeah. But a lot of Americans don't want to be home, and they're literally writhing to go out of their homes for a multitude of reasons, but my realization and I don't know how grounded this is, but I'd like your input, is that a lot of Americans aren't happy with their home lives, which is why I think they want to leave. And this isn't like a matter of personal will, like if they can really buckle down and if they can handle it. Like, I think this is like systemic issues of finance and happiness and employment and mental health and healthcare that all culminate in less than happy home lives and it makes sense why a lot of people don't want to be stuck there because there's a lot of trouble there so that's just something I was like it was kind of an empathetic realization of the world yeah. because I was very confused why people couldn't just buckle down but I'm like oh I have a happy home and it's safe and people love me there and <laughs> I could stay there for a long time mm-hmm. and that's that's a privilege so that was just a realization I had
0: yeah, no, I think that's very, it's interesting because there's a couple of things I want to say. Like on the one hand, it speaks to perspective and how I think it's important to remove yourself from your own little bubble every now and again to, to consider other viewpoints and how other people are handling regular moments and then also extreme moments like a quarantine. Um, but then also when you started talking about this, I immediately thought having a, I don't know, I think having the outlet of being able to leave and do other things and see other people is definitely something that's helpful, especially in those situations. I think it's helpful in all situations, regardless of what one's home life is like. So I wonder if this, I don't know, speaks more to the importance of an outlet than it does to the hindrance of a bad home life. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe being, being there a lot, even if you like it there, can be...
0: Right. I think that I would be love. the case with anything, right? Like right now I'm like, I would do anything to leave and go back to Fordham. But if I was stuck there and couldn't leave and couldn't come back to my actual home, like that would also be, feel very limiting yeah. and scary.
1: And you can like, like I love my siblings, but if I spent every waking moment with them, it could be yeah. frustrating. Like if I love mac and cheese, but if I eat it every night for dinner, Eventually you'll be like, I gotta go get some pizza or something.
0: I feel like this is one of those moments where I'm gonna go and eat mac and cheese like how you made the podcast, something I said. It's yeah. like actually to me that sounds like <laughs> a great idea. And I might do it. But I see your welcome, point. Like it's,
1: welcome to Rachel Eats Mac and Cheese every day. <laughs> <Three> <laughs> this is day forty.
0: <laughs> but I totally see your point. I think having just having options speaks volumes, and I think people are realizing that now more than ever. And I also think when all of this ends, hopefully sooner rather than later. we're going to appreciate that more
1: Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah this is definitely a perspective altering event a thousand
0: percent for entire like multiple generations it's wild to think about we're going to talk a lot about the differences between generations that's kind of a lot of where my note-taking took me for this episode so I'm excited to see what you have to say about all of that but not to worry it's all coming up my realization it's I think right now my Instagram bio is one of the funniest things I've ever done. I'm really proud of it. I just think it's, I think it's very my style. I think it's my humor. I just loved it. I'm going to read it to you. It says, New York is my campus. Fordham is my school. This is my Instagram. And then once quarantine oh. happened, I bracketed off edit zoom is my campus which i just thought added a whole other layer like i just thought it was clever if if anyone listening doesn't know if you're not a fordham person the whole slogan for fordham is new york is my campus fordham is my school so i thought like okay my instagram is mostly fordham mostly new york Uh this is a good little i just thought it was clever
1: that's that it's. i think it's very clever
0: thank you yeah so but now i'm realizing like i have to change that that's my realization because i'm no longer at Fordham. I'm no longer a student. New York is no longer my campus. It could be my home one day, but it's not right now. So A, I have to come up with another like funny bio to put. And just the fact that I have to delete that is making me sad. That's like a very concrete Mm -hmm. thing Uh, in a time when not many concrete things around graduation are happening that I have to like physically do as a reminder. I don't know. I'm like sad about it. If anybody has any ideas for my Instagram bio, let me know.
1: I think you'll think of something, but I think you also don't have to rush to get rid of it. I think you have until August 30th. You think? Yeah. Okay. You can can hold on to it.
0: I also think if I keep it up there for a little bit, it seems like, oh, she's just like too busy to Mm -hmm. edit her thing, even though I'm like, I was thinking about it before graduation even happened, (laughs) but no (laughs) one's (laughs) going to know that that unless they listen. Yeah. (laughs) The second I got my (laughs) diploma virtually, I was like, got to change it.
1: You had your phone out
0: that's actually what's written in latin on the fordham diplomas i don't know if you knew it's time to change your instagram bio so oh, was that more, you know um,
1: i didn't get yeah. that i didn't yeah. get that online it was cut off on yours. the business school you're allowed to keep it forever oh it's kind of your personal damn. brand
0: yeah. i should see i knew there was something about good man i just yeah. should have stuck in it. <laughs> that's so good oh my god i love it okay good round of her kevin it's always good to hear your reflections you always you. take it to a new level and i appreciate that nice I am so excited for our next segment, which you specifically requested. It's we'll time for spoon of the Week. Swoon of the Week is really becoming a major hit, I think. It's one of my favorite things. I'm get, I'm blotching preemptively half because I'm drinking <laughs> and half because, like, I get nervous to talk about my swoon. Like, do you see? I'm, like, full watch. Oh, yes. Kevin, I can't – I'm on the edge of my seat. I need to know who is your Swoon of the Week.
1: All right. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> you, you, you know of nouns, right? Yeah, I heard they're, of them. They're – People, Person, place thing or anything places or things. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My Swoon of the week is all of those things. Come <laughs> on. Stay with me, stay with me. People place things. My Swoon of the week are female Australian rockers. Because they're
0: <laughs> female Australian rockers? Yes. Like a rock in, star?
1: Like a rock star.
0: Alright, I like this. From
1: Australia. Who is female?
0: Okay. Because
1: uh they were just releasing some of the best rock music ever, and I have nothing I can do but swoon Consume and jam it. out to it.
0: Consume and swoon.
1: Consume and swoon. <laughs> yes. Let me let me give you some highlights. Okay. See ya. See ya. Is Courtney she
0: Australian? I didn't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, tell me more, say. Courtney Barnett, Hannah Joy from Middle Kids, Julia Jacqueline, and the pinnacle, in my opinion, is the band Camp Cope, mm. and that is, like, my number one swoon. I swoon over all three of them. Punk rock, raw, sound, and I think they're genuinely the best rock band making music right now.
0: That's a big claim.
1: And I'll stand by it, yeah.
0: I am overall unfamiliar, but I'm excited to get familiar, because those are big statements.
1: It's, yeah, wow. they're amazing. Three-piece rock band,
0: What's Georgia the name Mack, again?
1: camp cope camp cope yeah georgia mack vocals guitar uh sarah thompson on the drums and i think if i had to choose one spoon of the week it'd be kelly dawn helmrich who plays biz she has single-handedly changed the way i look at the bass as an instrument and it's amazing it's really great so can you tell
0: us a little more about that like how has she just give me a teaser like what about kelly see (laughs) i envy your beard first of all because i bet you're blotching too and i just can't see it i'm blotching (sighs) okay
1: okay so i highly recommend their npr tiny desk concert because that's how i found them okay opens up darkness fade into Mm -hmm. npr tiny desk underlying it awesome solo bass groove laid down by kelly zoom out three very distinct female rockers like all look very different and all look like good people I've never seen before and they're just laying down some of just the nice most like rawest songs I've ever heard and they I want to call them feminist anthems but they're more than that they're just fantastic songs that are very inspiring and the lyricism is amazing and the vocals of Georgia Mac are just out of this world like very cool and there's nothing I can do but like just sit back and be inspired by them and I think underrated is an overused word but I think they're highly underrated and they talk about that in their music because I think the female aspect of them is is yeah. limiting which is a problem in, in music especially rock music so it just helps me it also helps me learn about yeah. myself and as a music listener and appreciator so mm-hmm. Camp Cope is my swoon. Absolutely. I
0: love that very uh, Kevin I'm glad we did this and wow it's also, yeah. just funny for me to hear you, like, use the word swoon and mean it, because I can tell that you mean it, <laughs> okay. and that is refreshing, because no one's, like, surprised that I'm swooning every day, but, like, I <laughs> like that we we peeled back a layer. Kevin, I'm so happy. I can't wait to look them up. I can't wait to listen. You said you discovered on the Tiny Desk concert?
1: Wow. That was my first encounter, yeah. Love it. it blew me away.
0: I'm going to have to look it up. Please do. I definitely will. Wow. Really good pick. Great pick. Okay, Kelly, if you're listening, I'm going to send it to her. I'm big oh, on Instagram.
1: Now I'm blogging. Hey. That'd be cool. I'd love
0: That'd to That'd be so it. cool. Yeah. I bet you'd love after hearing that glowing review. Oh, my God. What if you guys get married? Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll do that in the love update. <laughs> not not worry. Okay. Yeah. My spoon of the week, I'm very excited to share. His name is Gavin Stewart. I'm almost positive that not many people have heard of him, which means I'm discovering him. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Gavin is a cast member on a new Bravo series. It's called Camp Getaway. And... It's essentially just like this wild weekend summer camp for adults. And this, the cast of this show are called social coordinators whose job it is to essentially just facilitate the party, make everyone coming to the camp feel super welcome and just like be the first one on the dance floor, eat with everyone at dinner to make sure everyone's like talking and having a great time, but like at summer camp. Which, like, what a concept. Just take it in for a second. I also feel like I would do really, really well as a social coordinator at Camp Getaway, except for the fact that I hate camp with everything within me.
1: Yeah. They sound like RAs.
0: No. Kevin, I was going to say it because it sounds a heck of a lot like RAs. I guarantee that every single cast member on that show was an RA in undergrad. I just feel it in my soul. They have the vibe. I feel like I can identify it because I, I too have the vibe.
1: Are they all just super attractive? I just imagine very attractive people. They're not. Each
0: other. They're not like that. It's funny because they say about because the like hottie of the series, as the show is like proclaiming it, is this guy named Adam, and then this other cast member is like, let's be real, you guys. Adam is a 5 out of 10 New York City. But you take him to camp and he becomes like a solid 9.5 out of 10. Oh, so it's yes, yes. different. You know what I mean? But I'm going to venture to say that Gavin is... He's just... I'm going to say just 9 out of 10 overall. I don't want to do wow. 10 out of 10 because I'm trying to like be cool. Like I'm watching, but like, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, let me tell you. So first of all, I feel a little bad for Gavin because he he wasn't on since the beginning. He, he got brought on the cast a couple episodes into the series. And on his first episode, the major plot line was about how these two girls were obsessed with Adam, the guy who's, like, really not that hot at all. And he's also very irresponsible and just doesn't do his job that well. He's very sassy and don't like the vibe. I do not like the vibe. Gavin, however, comes in. He's doing his job. He's being nice to everybody, looking hot. He's got this great, deep voice. So like, I, to have him on a podcast, I would listen to that mm-hmm. every day of my life. Like, he just has a good voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you think my story ends there? It doesn't because this is my swing of the week, and I'm trying to take it to the next level to keep people interested. So – I watched his episode and I'm like, I'm going to find him on Instagram. It was very hard to find him on Instagram because he doesn't just have his name. So I had to do a little bit of digging, but I found him. I followed him. He only has like 1,300 followers, which he's about to go up because he's a Bravo celebrity. However, I'm like, that's on par with me. I could, we're, we're the same. I was like, we're on an even playing field. So I slid into his DMs. What? I did. I just did. Wow. I played it very cool. I played it very cool. I just said, hey, comma, just finished your episode, exclamation point, enter. So excited for you. Send. Any emojis? Zero emojis. Not even the wave. I like the wave. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I wanted to keep it cool. And his response wasn't great, but I also got a response. So I'm not that mad about it. He liked the message, which you can do on Instagram. And then he just said, thanks. There was no punctuation. There was no emoji, but I'm not even mad. Like that was a good, I laid the foundation. I think I played it cool. That's pretty cool. Thanks. I'm trying this new thing where it's it's Corona No Rules, which that episode is coming out in July, by the way, because I have another story, Kevin, you're going to die. Because I'm just trying to like, it's Corona No Rules. Like nobody can leave their houses If you like want to shoot your shot, there has never been a better time. Like everyone's bored. No one's going to be mad at like a DM from a random person. You know what I'm saying? Like now's the time,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: (laughs) there's been a very interesting LinkedIn conversation that happened because I was doing a little shot shooting and I ended up on on this very extensive LinkedIn. I didn't start it on LinkedIn. He then connected with me. And started a LinkedIn message conversation that got very flirty. And I'm still like, I'm nervous about it.
1: I, I think I have a very, maybe not a very unpopular opinion, but I think at least in college.
0: Yeah. It's That's so hot.
1: <laughs> the LinkedIn ad has some level of interest, right?
0: No, well, I, I couldn't agree more. Some there's something don't. very interesting about that, because it's like, you don't, I don't need to be connected with a single member of, like, the Fordham football team. Like, we are not in the same field, yeah. you know, pun intended, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not, you're not going to help me in my career one day, but if you look good yeah. in your headshot, I might just hit add.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not adding you just because of that. I mean, I think that's kind of weird, and that's not the, the vibe of LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but there's like a trace of it. Right? And this we can't is so just interesting.
0: Ignore it. No, I love that you're saying this because it's something that I feel in my soul, but like was always too scared to say. And I never would have pegged you as a believer in like the LinkedIn flirtation. So I just like that you're the one who who brought this up.
1: I think the attraction is That's- that there is supposed to be no attraction. So, like, it's you, you're, yeah. you want yeah. to you have, you know? Like, you, you,
0: it's so true.
1: It's supposed to be so formal, but like in that, you're like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Wow. No, that's so true. Oh, this is very interesting to me. I've been really hopping on LinkedIn. I've been really just toning my profile. That's another thing, though, that I have to update with, like, post-grad stuff now, I guess.
1: Yeah, and that's the list. Your Instagram bio and your entire LinkedIn page.
0: God, it's just, like, such a struggle. <laughs> anyway, my swoon of the week is Gavin Stewart. Gavin, I'm definitely going to DM this to him and tag him in it. So, Gavin, if you make it to this part of the episode... Follow me back. I really think I have good content. I think we could have a good, and, oh, you know what? Add me on LinkedIn, Gavin, if you're into it. So. <laughs> anyway, well, what a good Swoon of the Week. This is good. Kevin, thank you. Endorse me on
1: Microsoft Office, Gavin. <laughs> yeah, right. Please,
0: would you? <laughs> Endorse my flirtation skills. That should be a LinkedIn thing. Whoa, what a world. Wait, that would be interesting, a kind of social networking site. No, that actually sounds very dangerous, like a Black Mirror episode. I'm going to.
1: Wait, so, let me hear it. Let me hear it. We don't have to make no, it. i was I'm curious what you're doing.
0: I was thinking something along the lines of well I remember reading like a tweet or something one time about something along the lines of I wish ex-girlfriends could like rate the guy and, and a new girlfriend would have access to those ratings because <laughs> it's like the guy's never going to tell you like oh yeah I was a major asshole to my girlfriend and that's why we broke up he's going to be like she was crazy or she did something crazy but if you could talk yeah. to that girl would you want to
1: I think I think this is something that maybe would be helpful for many women in the world, because <laughs> a lot of guys are, you know, let's just say I'm pretty disappointed in how mm. all males ever have done, period. That's <laughs> a sentence. Period. Full well, so, stop. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, if we're making this, theoretically, like, there's a lot of human rights violations, possible, well, yeah. But, like, I get You have it, to ignore you know?
0: that. Yeah. Yeah there's something intriguing that I think would be helpful.
1: Yeah, I'd like you a know? network for, I mean, if the goal is, like, protection of of people and happiness, like, it's a nice goal, but, like, right. that's the ultimate conversation of the 21st century, like, how do we balance human rights with
0: good intent, <laughs> happy <Yeah>.
1: social <laughs> posts, so, all right, we'll put that anyway. up on the shelf, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take it down. We'll
0: store that away for later. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, let's move on to a little content catch-up. Kevin, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? What's been keeping you entertained?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, well, I listen to every episode of the Her Life Podcast. So, that's number one. Um, thank you, thank you. I am just finishing, I'll probably finish tonight, the fifth Harry Potter book or of the mm. Phoenix. They're in the Department of Mysteries. They are beating up Death Eaters. It is intense right now. So, Harry Potter, I'm like starting from the top, and simultaneously, I'm reading 100 Years of Solitude, which Devin recommended to me. So, I'm excited about we that. We talked
0: about that yeah, in the rewatch really so episode. Far. Yeah.
1: And then, watching, I got a nice rotation of Netflix. So I like rotation of books and Netflix for different yeah. moods. Avatar The Last Airbender, rewatching mm. that. Greatest story ever told, I think. Wow. Um, that's a phrase usually stored for the Bible, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and put it Avatar: The Last Airbender up there. Okay. Uh, I mean Portlandia and Community.
0: <laughs> oh, Community! You yeah. know what? Someone told me once, and I don't know how to feel because I only watched a few episodes of Community after I was told this. That I really remind her of the girl with the brown hair. I can I can picture her. She she played Glow. She's married to a Franco brother. Yes,
1: I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about, and I'm watching the show actively, but I still can't think of her name but do you
0: agree do you think i'm like her because i watched a few episodes and she seemed like not who i want to be
1: i can imagine someone who doesn't know you very well could say that okay because like there, those people are stereotypes or caricatures so right. like
0: like a certain like, aspect of my personality made her believe yeah
1: like kevin you're super hyper confident so you remind me of jill McHale. But I'm Joel McHale or, or it, yeah.
0: I think so. Joel McHale Just as a sidebar Is like one of the funniest people ever And I, I think I don't know I Did you ever watch The Soup When it was Joel McHale the On the e-network Soup when it
1: was Joel McHale That sentence doesn't make a lot of sense to
0: me <laughs> Okay then you haven't seen the show There was a show <laughs> called The Soup he just brought it back with this new girl, Jade something, and I'm sorry, I just don't think she's that funny. Joel McHale was so funny. It's essentially just making fun of TV. They take clips from real shows, real things that aired that week, and just kind of roast them. But it's like, I don't know, he just did it so well, and he was so funny about it. And then he did a Netflix show called The Joel McHale Show, starring Joel McHale, where he essentially did the same thing, and then like made fun of himself for just redoing the soup with a different name. I just think he's really funny. But I couldn't get into community. I don't know. Maybe I should give it another shot.
1: It's pretty good. I mean, I I like to have book and show going that, like, you can kind of just have on. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. And community and
1: Portlandia are good for those. So I just, like, kind of have them on. They're pretty yeah. good. You know, I laugh. Yeah. But I, if, if someone's looking for something, like, serious to get into, Avatar The Last Airbender just got put up on United States Netflix.
0: Yeah. 100%. I've heard a lot about that. The boys are freaking out. I guess some Boys. girls are, too. I've just noticed, like, a lot of guys on Instagram being like, it's there. here. This is our time. <laughs> <Enjoy Anyway. it. laughs> Interesting. Okay, I'm glad. Is that, is that good? Anything else you want to mention for your content? Uh,
1: a lot of Spotify playlists. Follow me on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Benverga. Been really into post-punk bands. I'll link you. Smiths, Joy right. Division. Very good. Got a lot cool. of playlists going.
0: All right, cool. I'll definitely check Wait, out can the I, new can one. Can I add
1: to that? Of course. Can I add to that? Of course. Right. Content. Songs for dance parties in your room during quarantine. What songs Ooh. can you, like, dance to by yourself?
0: Are you asking just, me like, personally?
1: Well, you can draw it out there, but that's just what I've been doing, and that's been, like, mm. a playlist I'm building. Okay.
0: I'll think about that's it. I
1: think about Yeah, please do. I
0: started a new playlist. I talked about this on an episode about post-grad with Emma and Hannah, how I have this, like, symbol of the, a blue bedroom that I'll have in an apartment in New York City as like this symbol of me just arriving in New York and being like this new and improved version of adult Rachel. So I started a playlist that's something like My Blue Apartment on the Upper West Side because like that's the dream. And it's just all these songs that like I feel like would play in the scene in the movie when like it's raining, but I found myself and I'm like running somewhere. Where is she running? That's the big question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, that's my new Is that where you want to be on the playlist. Upper West Side?
1: Are we going to be neighbors?
0: Anywhere Kevin is, that's where the blue apartment will be. <laughs> No, I would love before. to be on the Upper West Side. I think yeah, right. But no, that's the goal. Don't you love it?
1: It's pretty great. I know. Whenever I go anywhere, I'm like, why would I live anywhere else? Like, there's so many great places in New York City, but the Upper West Side is just I just almost think it's objectively the, the best. It's no, so I
0: good. I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm gonna get oh, I'm gonna get there. I feel it. Anyway, see you there. Sounds good. But anyway, follow that. I'll link that playlist too. There's four songs on it right now, but I think they really speak to the vibe I'm going for. So what's
1: the first one you added?
0: The first one is a song called Medicine by someone I found on my Discover Weekly, and I honestly cannot think of her name. I don't think I'd know it if you told me because she's new to me. But it's just, you could hear the song and it just makes you feel she's coming into her own. It's just a really good vibe. Fantastic. I'll send it to you.
1: Please
0: do. Speaking of, actually, I'm very much on this like coming-of-age kick with books that I'm reading. I just finished This Side of Paradise because I wanted to finish that before I graduated, Interesting. Also, Kevin, I knew you would appreciate this. So I, want, I couldn't remember why I put this out of paradise in here because I already talked about it, but this is why I finished that book literally the night before my graduation day, my virtual graduation. And on the last page, like the blank page, I wrote this journal entry about just very brief about like quarantine and graduating and like using my Fordham years to really find myself in da da da. And then I told myself that I'm going to give that copy of the book to my kid when they start their senior year of college. And I just think that I'm excited to do it. I think that'll be nice. I think that'll be cool. And then he or she, God, I hope it's a girl, will write in it and then give it to their kid. It'll be like a thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Until you've written on every page new things, generations and generations. Wouldn't that be rad? I mean, it'd be hard to read, but it'd be definitely be rad. That's the it'd thing. Very cool.
0: Anyway, coming of Age Kick, I just started a book called Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Danler, And it's about this girl who's just kind of finding herself in like the New York City restaurant scene. And Ooh. it's just been cool. I don't know. I just, I'm really, am a sucker for like a New York City setting. A girl just graduated from high school or college and she's just starting a new chapter. It feels very on the nose for me right now. And that's just been kind of what I'm into. So if you have any recommendations on that line. yes, I do you do
1: yes a very good one the flamethrowers i can't remember exactly who wrote it but okay, it's very good girl. and she is a artist motorcycle rider Ooh. that does like speed runs in las mm-hmm. vegas her name oh is my Reno. God. and then she moves to new york to like join the art scene there and tries to find herself there, and it's very good. And like, and then she goes to Sicily, and then she goes back to Las Vegas, and New York. Very cool. Highly recommend. Flame flamethrowers. Okay. Yeah, it might be I'll by Rachel. Maybe, maybe it's by <gasps> someone named Rachel. Rachel Kushner. That's
0: so That's meant to be. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'll look it up. I'll add it to my list. Great, thanks, Kat. Please do. I knew you were the right guy to ask. Um, now, something that will transition us into two important conversations that I want to have on this episode or part two. I recently listened to a new podcast that I found because they followed me on Twitter, which I felt really cool about because I was like, am I like a podcaster that people are finding? So that just was a cool like drop in the bucket for me. It's called Dateable, Your Insider's Look into Modern Dating. I love that. Very on on the nose for me. Standout episode, it was season 10, episode five. I scrolled back, found one that really would speak to me and it's millennial dating versus Gen Z dating. And I found it mm. so, so interesting because I think often me included, we like lump in millennial Gen Z together because you and I, being born in the late 90s, yes, mm-hmm. are very on the cusp. We are like the absolute youngest you can get as a millennial, but the very tip top of Gen Z. So I think it's cool and we can like maybe sort of speak to two or maybe speak to neither experience wholeheartedly. The main yep. takeaway I got from the episode, the difference in dating between millennials and Gen Z is that Gen Z is so scared of repeating millennial mistakes, random hookups, scared of commitment, all of that kind of stuff. So Gen Z is shifting to more traditional, I guess like conservative tropes of dating and courtship. I just thought that was so interesting because of course we're on like the top end of that. So the real people they're talking about are like 16 year olds, which is interesting that like these, I don't know that that's already like what they're polled to want. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's true?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely see that trend of not wanting to repeat mistakes, Mm -hmm. and I think that is a huge defining aspect of Gen Z, which I really appreciate, because I think Gen- Can I curse on this, or should I censor myself?
0: Yeah, we've been doing that lately.
1: Oh, very cool. Gen (laughs) Z, everyone has, in big letters, we have big bullshit detectors. Any bullshit that's fed to us, we're like, I'm not having that. Whether it be political or work- relationship-wise like I think a lot of people are are very wary of this and also we're entering a world we're walking into a dumpster fire and Mm -hmm. we're kind of walking towards it I mean we were never given anything to put it out but we're like really smart enough to pick up the things around us and work to put the fire out and that's like kind of what our life is like we're a lot of us are Gen Z people are turning 17 18 my little brother just turned 19 today he's a Gen Z. happy birthday and he's just like looking at this r- happy birthday jack happy um, birthday jack and they're just like walking into a really not great situation but they're that causes them to think on their feet and like get themselves out of it and not waste their time with things that past generations have done
0: so interesting. Yes, i agree i agree yeah. i think it's definitely true it's just it's interesting to think and i think definitely this pandemic the quarantine all of it is completely, I mean, this isn't like a hot take at all. It's definitely shaping the way Gen Z will take on adulthood and the job market and all of that, which again, we'll talk about a little later. Do you consider yourself Gen Z or a millennial?
1: Well, the person that introduced me to what Gen Z is is Devin. He oh. talks about a lot and he would like really talk about he, We'd be in the cafeteria and be like, you know, Kevin. And you know that Devin's gonna lay down some knowledge when he says you know. Yeah. You know? I can hear and it in his
0: voice right now. Yeah.
1: yeah and he'll like pause. And then he'll end the sentence with, right? He'll, like, kind of give you a few sentences, right? Um, he's talking about Gen Z. He's like, you know, Kevin, we're, we're different than millennials, right? We, right? we care about different things, right? I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right, Devin. So yeah. he, he really outlined, like, what Gen Z is. And based on, like, these sales emails that I get, learn about Gen Z and millennial, like, habits. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would define myself as Gen Z. But I think that's also because millennials got such a bad rap. And yeah. Gen Z is standing on the shoulders of giants being millennials. Like, they really led, laid the groundwork for what a modern young person is and does. And now they're getting married and having families. And a lot of them are succeeding at it. And they got yeah. so much BS from the world for, I don't know. I don't know what reason. Like, they use phones yeah. a lot. I don't know. That's really all they did.
0: Right. No, I don't know if I have much to add. It's just I think the di- the difference is fascinating because – I think before I looked into it or thought about it much, I would have been like, oh, there's not a big difference between millennial Gen Z because I kind of can see how I fit into both. And because we're on the cusp of it, I was like, it all just blends into one another. But I think the more you really look at specific instances, there are very stark contrasts, which I guess is the trend. Like if you look at older generations beyond millennials, I think you can definitely track that.
1: And I think if anything, Gen Z and Millennials should unite and like work yeah. together and not fight each other if that's what's right. gonna happen. Because I think the defining element of both those generations is that we have a time limit. Like we're the first two generations that are like, hey, if we don't get this together, the world is literally the end. No. So it's that's so something true. to deal with. Which is why we're right. probably like, Hey, let's let's get this stuff moving. I'm not gonna waste my time with toxic relationships and yeah. daunting work-life balances that don't make sense. I'm going to like try to save the world while also living it up as long as I have it. Here. Yeah.,
0: oh, the world, man. the world. This all kind of prefaces a larger discussion I want to have about passions, and we want to talk about I preemptively titled this episode, "It's not just a Passion project," because I think that's something we can both speak to, is you and I are kind of going after things that we want and are passionate about and hoping to make careers out of them, you know it's interesting to talk about that within the framework of Gen Z versus millennial generational kind of trends and things. So that's all kind of a big preface to the bigger conversation that we're about to have in part two. But I also want to do a love update in case you have any, I, I don't know. I kind of told mine. okay. It's the guy from Bravo. Do you want
1: to, do you want to continue? Do you have any other love updates that you'd like to share?
0: Um, I don't know. Not specifically. I will say, okay, I'll say this because I want to get your opinion on it. This is kind of, not related, but could be very related. I don't know what the rules are for dating, online dating in quarantine now, because I'm not going to lie. Like I've been swiping it up. I'm talking to lots of people, but I don't know. I just kind of feel mean because I feel like, I don't know. I've thrown my hats into many a ring. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, I don't know when you get to a certain point with someone that you met on the internet and like, aren't going to meet in real life anytime soon where like should I feel bad for talking to other people do you know what I'm saying because I feel like some of them know that it's happening and are mad at me but I'm also like I can do anything <laughs> I want I don't even know you so yeah. what are your thoughts how should I handle this
1: um it's very interesting to talk about dating apps during quarantine yeah because there's like a lot of the fun in dating apps is like, am I going to meet this person? Are we going to do something like, are we going to have hookup or, or be more than friends or even fall in love and get married? Like there's always that, Uh but now there's not, it's just you're going on there to just kind of put yourself out there and just have some sort of human connection in a, in a situation where that's very hard to come by. And, you know, let's see, how are, how are these users reacting when, physical contact and a date and sex and hookups aren't on the table it's just youtube people talking and just trying to connect in some way with no clear direction of where it's going to go and i think that's really Mm -hmm. fascinating you can actually probably find someone that's really special during this time because you're just like wow i want to keep talking to them they seem interesting or you can kind of just like put yourself out there and this sounds bad but like just work on your game I guess like no I I,
0: I kind of feel that I feel like this is a good excuse to just kind of I don't know like create a new dating persona for yourself that like one day yeah maybe you could like try out in the real world but you can kind of be I always have felt this way about online dating and I I talked about this with Kay on our episode that we did about it is just kind of you have this opportunity before you meet the person to decide which version of yourself you're going to be and I don't mean that in a manipulative way I mean that because we all have many different facets of our personalities. And I think when you're with different people, different, different aspects come out, you know what I mean? And you kind of are different versions of yourself. It goes back to the conversation we once had about authenticity, like which is the true authentic version of yourself. I think it might depend on who you're with. So I don't know. I've always found something really cool and like liberating about online dating and like talking to a guy on hinge because I can kind of, play up certain aspects of myself that maybe I wouldn't feel totally comfortable doing with someone in person if we met like at a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, it's just fun to play with that. But now, right, there's no like end game. So it's very, it's just a weird uncharted territory that I don't think there's a good answer to because everybody's kind of struggling with it. But I'm getting to the point where I kind of start to feel guilty because like, if we were, if this was real life, like we would have gone out on a couple dates by now. Like I, I really feel that with a couple of these guys. And now I'm like, without, with taking that out of the equation, it's like, am I becoming the F boy right here? <laughs>
1: Welcome to the club, Rachel. You're enough, boy. <laughs> it's good to have you.
0: <laughs> it's fun. It's not, I don't like that it's fun, but it is. I'm just confused by what's happening in my dating life. Yeah. But I think this is a good place to pause for part one anyway. So maybe we just sign okay. off here quick and then we'll hit you with part two of It's More Than Just a Passion Project coming up next week. Kevin, thank you for joining me for this episode.
1: It's great to be here. <laughs> thank you for having
0: me. I love me. it. This has been the Her Life Blockcast.